When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song, the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. For those of you who are taking this journey with us for the first time, we're speaking with musicians whose parents made a name for themselves in the music business. We'll see how they caught the music bug themselves and ultimately what inspired them to continue the family legacy and pursue their own musical journeys. I'm Robert K. Orman, and I'm joined by my producer, Brad Newman. Hey, Brad. Hey, Robert. Well, this is uh, something today. We're on hallowed ground. You bet. Brad's here to help me along in this journey. And with us is a gentleman who's making us sound nice, Jamie Pfeffer, our engineer. Whee! In what we're calling our Nashville sessions, we find ourselves in a very special place. We're here at the Cash Cabin in Hendersonville, Tennessee, where we're joined by singer-songwriter-producer John Carter Cash, who is the son of one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century, of course, Johnny Cash who recorded here at the end of his days, and his mother, a legend in her own right, a member of the Carter family, uh, June Carter Cash, one of the members of the first families of country music. Also in the cabin today, we have the actor, singer, and songwriter Waylon Payne, whose mother was Sammy Smith, best known for Help Me Make It Through the Night, and Today I Started Loving You Again. His father, Jody Payne, is Willie Nelson's longtime guitarist and a Waylon Confederate. So we're, we're in good company today, Brad. <laughs> Thank you guys for being with us today. So, John. Yes, sir. You were the most famous baby in country music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They uh, You yeah, and Georgette they, Jones. <laughs> they brought me out on the stage and they said, here he is to the world, you know. And uh, yes, they, you know, they my parents were at the apex of, of their careers uh, when I was born, so... At, at that point, I, I think I was on the cover of the newspaper. I know Christofferson told me in Lima, Peru, uh, the, the day that I was born. So Lima, Peru. Yes, now yes, that's famous. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But uh, you know, my parents were just good-hearted people, and and so no matter where they were, no matter what where they went, they carried that with them. Um, you know, and and hopefully uh, try to carry that same sense of humility every day of my life. And you were along on the road with them from the very get-go. From the right? very beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. They brought me on the road with them, uh, you know, city to city, town to town. Um, and, um, you know, I traveled with my parents really off and on. I mean, I went to regular school. I went to college, too. But <laughs> but I traveled with them, um, you know, a lot until I, um, I was 27 when my dad retired from the road. Of course, he... he uh, he had a, a Parkinson's syndrome-like disease that caused his retirement mm-hmm. from the road. Uh, but from that point, uh, that's when I began working in the studio, really, and that's uh, when I began producing music. It was was with my father. Uh, when his road life ended, his studio life just uh, excelled. Yeah, right yeah. up to the end. Yeah, right, right up, up to the end. Area. That's a that yeah. was a great thing. I thought that victory lap he got to take at the end out yeah, of this cabin. Yeah, he, he just know. had a great sense of persistence, you know, and that no matter what adversary he encountered, he continued. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, in the record business, and for me, there is no first record. There were always records around. Is there a first song for you, like something that's very early in your memory? Oh, I remember my mother singing to me songs that she wrote when I was a little boy. I remember the Carter family songs always being around when I was a boy. Um, 
I remember watching Jackson as a three-year-old on stage and being afraid that my, my parents were going to be leaving each other because the <laughs> lyrics <laughs> describe such a thing. It is a divorce uh, song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely so. Uh, well, they wind up back together at the end of the song. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I remember being surrounded by the family's music uh, always and it, it being a part of my heart and a part of my life. And uh, it's just, it's always been in my blood. For those of, of, of our listeners that might not know what a Carter family song sounds like, can you demonstrate a little bit of what a, a good, simple, pure Appalachian Carter family song is? I will twine with my mingles and waving black hair With the roses so red and the lilies so fair And the myrtles so bright as the emerald dew The pale and the leader and eyes look like blue, but there's so many, you know. The, um, that's like that's like the the, the, the starting point for yeah. every country guitarist. Yeah, that, that's Wildwood Flower, right? And I am not much of a picker, but yeah, that's Wildwood Flower. And the Carter family's music influenced so many pe- people, you know. I mean, really, A. P. Carter edited to get together the country song. He put together. Uh, you know, the music as we know it now today, so much of it's influenced by well, the Carter And your family. grandmother's playing. Yeah, Another exactly. Maybell playing. Yeah. Her playing kind of made the guitar the lead instrument in American popular exactly. music. Exactly. It, she, it became necessary for her to to back herself and to play the lead. And so she played the, the rhythm uh, with uh, the high strings of the guitar and the lead on the low strings, were, you know, played with her thumb mm-hmm. at the same time. And uh, nobody had really done that up until then. And of course, that style was imitated and taught to people like Chet Atkins, mm-hmm. who followed through. Um, Merle Travis picked Absolutely. up that mm-hmm. from Maybell. And if it hadn't been for Maybell, there wouldn't have been any Chet. And he'd tell you that himself because uh, she really taught him how to play guitar, oh, you know, because he was in their band. And we, she yeah. brought him to Nashville. She brought him to Nashville for <laughs> hadn't been for Maybell and the Carter sisters, uh, Chet wouldn't have come to Nashville when he did. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, history followed. Right. One of the architects of the Nashville sound. Yes, sir. All stemming yes, from sir. your grandma. Yes, sir. <laughs> Waylon, you were named after your godfather. Yes, sir. Waylon Jennings. No pressure there, I guess. Only only one of the best singer-songwriters in country music. He was pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. But we t- describe your relationship with your mom. She was... Wow, a huge, uh, huge star. Yes, she was. I mean, she was my she was my angel. I mean, I was the baby of the family, and uh, you know, when I was born, uh, as John said, you know, he was born at the apex of his parents' career. I think that kind of is uh, likewise for myself. Um, there wasn't any slowing down back then. At least I don't think they knew how to slow down. You know, <laughs> she certainly didn't. No, they uh, <laughs> they they went and they went and uh so i traveled with them for about the first six months of my life in the car and stuff on the road and then uh, she sent me to live with her brother and his wife down in in south texas and then we you know would pick up at the summers again and there are times you know when i would spend you know like a year or so with with her or, or i'd be uh in different places her stability you know early on it was really important for her to keep me safe because uh, you know, there was a, you know, it was just a rough life, you know. Well, I, I knew your mom, and she yeah. she did her share of amphetamines. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a, the time back then, I guess, you know. And, yeah. and you, you had a bit of a, you've described before, kind of a rocky relationship with her. I mean, it was. It, well, I mean, okay, if, I mean, you know, it wasn't really, uh, I don't believe in trashing our, our, our memories of our folks. I believe in honoring them. And at the same time, I also believe in truth. So here's what that whole situation was about. Uh, we were golden until there were some incidences in my life. Uh, you know, 
I'm not a normal person. <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm a normal person, but, uh, you know, when I was in, in high school and stuff, I had an incident uh, uh, happen where, where uh, you know, I decided that I was a gay man, you know, and uh, that caused a lot of, a lot of strife in my family, and uh, I was disowned and, and, and basically turned out, you know. Mom and I went through our own little thing. There were, there were some deeper circumstances and other things that we don't need to go into, but, you know, we always had our own thing, and we sorted our stuff out later on down the road, but, uh, you know, for the most part, it was just something that people didn't get and they didn't understand, so. Am I right that your uncle did discourage you from going into music? Uh, my aunt and uncle did, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I was a preacher. Uh, I was. I was in. Let me tell you, life is is just crazy sometimes. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> you, you you go through so many uh, so many different things, and you don't know what what your life's going to end up being. Uh, you know, I had uh, wanted to be a country singer all my life, and and uh, it was discouraged because it was a, a bunch of hippies. You know, I was put in a very stable home down there to keep you away from it to keep me away mm -hmm. from it and from uh, the heathens. yeah and my you know my you know I didn't meet my father for example until I was 16 I always knew who he was and and uh and uh would see him on television but uh you know that was just no you're Your not going to be Jody Payne Jody who was yeah, quite a prominent yeah. instrumentalist very much so very much so but they were they were wild you know they uh, that was the that was that day that was, was that day they were rock stars well, too and they, you know? it was I mean, the hey. outlaw era too <laughs> yeah. they were outlaws they really were they yeah. were part of the outlaw movement you know what's what's the first song of your mother's that you can remember and le and learn to sing well it was always you know always helped me make it through the night was always there um, I think the one that I latched on to was a uh, She's a waitress In a West Texas dance hall She's there every night Till they close And the cowboys Match for the jukebox While they plays the San Antonio little thing called She's, She's in Love, love with the, the Rodeo, rodeo man. man. I love that I song. I loved it. I, I would uh, clap along and sing. and uh, You know, I learned everything I know, uh, and I'm sure you probably might could say this too, John, but I, I learned music from my mother. I didn't learn it from her. Uh, well, I learned it two-sided. I learned it through her and, and experiences in these weird-ass places, beer joints and whatnot, and, and then I learned it through this little... Thing called the radio, which which I heard her music all the time, mm -hmm. and so I got to know her through the radio, and I got to know her through these experiences playing rodeos and on the road. She was a hippie. I mean, yeah. she was an outlaw legend. She was know? a wild child. I believe, mm -hmm. if I'm correct, they asked her not to come back to the Opry in the '70s because she decided too. to yeah. wear the midriff, oh. and she she wore a midriff, and they were like, uh-uh. Yeah. So, well, and Johnny Johnny famously, twice, yeah, actually, he kicked they, out the yeah. footlights one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kicked <laughs> out the footlights in doing. the '50s, um, <laughs> you know. And I, I think they finally asked him back in the '60s again. It's like, okay, can we trust him? Let's ask him back. And he came back and he kicked him out again. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> now Johnny started featuring in the, you in the concerts when you were pretty much a kid. When, when I was young, oh yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, standing on the stage and looking up uh, at that that figure of you know Johnny Cash was always an amazing thing. But you know, uh, he was a gentle person. He was a kind man. But I think that put in me early. It's like, hey, but, but what do I do? Who am I? Where uh -huh. am I headed? And I, it took me a while to figure out exactly what I love 
and decide that's what I want to follow. You know, I'm gonna do my do my music and and be a part of music. But uh, did you have a solo spot in the show? Yeah, I did for a period of time. Uh-huh. Yeah, off and on. What'd yeah. you sing? I, I'd usually sing a couple of my own songs. I mean, sometimes early on, I would sing some of my favorites, like. Anything from um, uh, Margaritaville to, you know, Johnny Be Good or Call Me the Breeze or, you know, these different songs. Yeah, yeah. I would love to sing you sing Call Me the Breeze with June sitting there. Yeah, oh no, yeah. It'd give me a, it'd give me, give him a break and I'd play, you know, a few songs. So all through those years, yeah. Play me one of your early songs of your own. Oh gosh, Um, something of my own. Let me play something that's a little connected with my family. Okay. out of here alive Sojourners stranded in the night Hold to one another as we move to the light No one gets out of here alive Last thing my father ever said As he laid down his worn and weary head Was son, this is all over In the wink of an eye No one gets out of here alive Wow that's powerful stuff. Thank you, That's thank really you. cool. You, there were so many famous people around you when you were a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Christopherson, yeah. Bob Dylan, mm. you name it. Was there anyone that's, who sticks out in your mind as being like, oh, he was so nice to me? You know, here I was, just this little kid. And you know, um, I mean, he was uh, his his namesake. Waylon was 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 like an uncle when I was around. You know, when I was around my father and he when I was a boy, especially in my like like nine ten years old and whatnot Waylon was was a so, sort of a fixture he was around a whole lot mm-hmm. um, they had been roommates at one time yeah he and dad were roommates I don't know how much they were actually in the apartment at the same time together but <laughs> I think they were hiding their pills from each other acting like they weren't on drugs right not me <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I don't have anything to give you today but um but yeah anyway yeah he was one of my dad's best friends as was Christopherson and Willie mm-hmm. and, and those, so those guys were around yeah, a lot. You think of Waylon as being this badass, you know, but he was really a, a sweet guy. Oh, he was a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and I was always real close with he and Jesse growing up. And, and then with Chris and Lisa. Jesse Coulter. Uh, Jesse Coulter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, Chris and, and uh, his, his wife, Lisa Christopherson, uh, have been so close. She's such an angel. Through the years. She really yeah. is. Such an angel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now, am I right, Waylon, that Johnny is responsible for bringing Sammy to Nashville? Yes, sir, you tell are. Me that, tell me that story. Uh, she was uh, playing in a club in Oklahoma City uh, when she was, like, you know, very young, maybe 16, 17 years old. And uh, they came through town, and she took a tape uh, through Hat Peoples over to Luther Hat, Perkins. Hat Peoples was a famous booking agent yeah. here in Nashville. and uh, and... Uh, Luther. Luther was a guitarist. Yes, and Luther played. A, Luther, yeah, was my father's guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. Luther yeah, Perkins. Yeah. He, and she played the tape for Luther, and Luther loved it. Played the tape for John. And as the story goes, the next week, mm-hmm. uh, John had arranged for you know a, a bus ticket to come to Nashville, and then Mom was subsequently signed to Columbia just strictly on his say so. Mm-hmm. And so he he brought her 
uh, he's responsible for it all, you know, pretty much. Somebody, somebody always has to take a step. And then, you know, it's kind of crazy, you know, forward 33 years. And uh, even though I was, you know, making my own way, doing my music and, and things like that, it's kind of stunning and a sweet bit of irony that John Cash w was the biggest boost to my career you know, in a way, uh, through the, the film Walk the Line. You know, it's kind of, it just kind of was, it was, was a your real... your first big acting role? It was, yes, mm -hmm. it was. You played Jerry Lee Lewis in that movie, yes, I sir, I did. Mm -hmm. Yep. You a great it. turn in that movie, really. He's, he's fantastic. He's a wonderful, that's a wonderful <laughs> yeah, song. There's, there's a lot more uh, to be seen of, 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 for those who haven't seen it, too, um, in the extended version, uh, the scenes uh, that include uh, more of a drama with, with Waylon's character. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, kind of yeah. Huh? and actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wound up on the cutting room floor myself in that movie. So, <laughs> so you I, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played, uh, I did a scene with the Joaquin uh, uh, playing Dewey Phillips, but uh, never aspired to be an actor. Dewey Phillips, the DJ. Yeah, the DJ from the, yeah, yeah, from the 50s. He was the one who played the, all those Sun yep, Records Yeah, he was unafraid to play those records. Played Elvis, yeah. played Johnny, played yeah. all of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a wild man too. He was. He was. He was full of energy. He had so much energy. They made pills for that back then. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but your father, John, he did that. He he would come in and really help people and and guide them. Oh yeah. And yeah. and that's something you don't see a lot today. At yeah. Least... No, he would find somebody that he loved and bring him in, put him under his wing, you know. And it, sometimes it took him a little bit to figure out exactly that's what he was going to do. It was like Christopherson. It took him a minute to figure out. Oh, okay, this is one of my favorite humans on the face of the earth. But once he did, you know, mm -hmm. uh, discovered the yeah. Statler brothers. Yeah, yeah, the Statler brothers, of mm -hmm. course. You know, definitely so. And then things like uh, um, the session, you know, for um, their first for their first big hit, uh, "Flowers on the Wall." Was done at the end of a of a Johnny Cash tracking session day. I didn't so, know that. So yeah, it's um, it, it's W. S. Holland and and Luther Perkins. You were talking about wow. Marshall Grant playing on that track, mm -hmm. and it was just the end of the day, and they and the, the, you know they said, hey, let's let's just for fun, let's just try this song, and they recorded it, and that's the record. Wow, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, and of course Merle Haggard cites him, cites Johnny as a huge influence because mm. he saw yeah. him when he was in prison. Yeah, yeah, he always, you know, but he would appeal to every man, you know, he could, uh, you know, he reached out and he, he saw talent and he appreciated it. And he would also speak for the underdog, even those, you know, it's like that, that, that nobody else would, you know, would speak out for, like the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. um, the forgotten. The, yeah, the, the, the forgotten. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was always there. I always admired him for that, too, you know, that all of yeah, that. It was Speaking just real. for people who yeah. had no voice. Yeah, it know? was just real. That's just who he was. Yeah, very yeah. cool guy. Well, yeah. just even the idea of playing prisons. Yeah, I mean that's that's unthinkable today, and and he yeah. stopped doing that because he ran into some trouble there in one of the prisons, right? And he had family and, and whatnot that he didn't want to, you know, necessarily involve. He got a little uncomfortable, but but um, but he was he was always willing to be brave, you know. He was up, you know. You know, Sammy Smith uh, won a Grammy award, which not many people can say, and uh, no. for for a Chris Christopherson song. Yes, sir. Um, she sure did. Do you have it? The Grammy? Uh -huh. hmm. No, no. I don't think anybody knows where that's at right now. All right. Uh, do, you, do you know Help Me Make It Through the Night? This is one of the most of beautiful songs ever written. This is like a masterpiece of a country song. Take the ribbon from your hair Shake it loose and let it fall Slaying soft against your skin Like the shadows on the wall 
Come and lay down by my side Until the early morning light All I'm taking is your time Help me make it through the night Such a great song. Boy, it was. I never get tired of hearing it. I never get tired of hearing those records, you know. I got a record player recently, and um, after she died, I was not able to listen to music for a long time. Uh, you know, I was under the throes of a terrible methamphetamine addiction, like terrible, and uh, uh, almost died three or four times and uh, had shut pretty much everything out of my life that involved music or her or because it was just devastating, you know, for his, any boy that's their mama's boy, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, whether good or bad or whatever, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter what went on in our lives. She was still my mother. You know, we might have had some patches that we disagreed, and, and she schooled me a lot on how to be a man and how to stand up for myself, which I appreciate. I treasure it with all my heart. At the end of the day, that woman was my mother, and don't ever... Don't ever say anything bad about her, and don't ever say anything bad about her kid. It would be fighting words, you know. That's <laughs> just it. Our family relationships are crazy. Sammy Smith was one of the great, great singers, in my opinion. I really those agree. records back they then. They hold up. They hold they up. They so much do. Jim Malloy did such a stunning job on those things. And you know, I mean, I listened to country music, but the records that they cut back then were such a broad spectrum of things you know oh, help me make it through the night was a huge pop record oh yeah it? huge it was crazy back then you know so i i i you know but i learned the weight i learned uh love of the common people uh, bridge over troubled water uh mm -hmm. you know fire and rain uh ode to billy joe son of a preacher man all those songs that were great big pop hits mom cut them all mm -hmm. you know so i mean i grew up listening to and it was crazier you know when you get older like you know five six and you're ten years old or whatever and you hear you know the band come on with the weight, and you're like, hey, well, they cut my mom's song. Wow. <laughs> John, when did you, or was it always a foregone conclusion that you would be in music for your life? Or did you make a conscious decision saying at some point, you know what, this is what I'm going to do? You know, I, I think, um, I, I think it, my view of what I wanted to do in music changed, but I, I mean, I always knew I wanted to be in music somehow or another, I think. But when I started working in the studio, my whole concept of, okay, this is my life in music, completely modified because, um, I, I mean, I, I enjoy doing my own music also, and I still do. I have an album coming out in May that'd be Yay, the first one in eight, eight years, you, you know. And, uh, but um, but when I figured out, you know, hey, I can work with a studio, I can produce artists, and this is where I this is where I find my love. Uh, then um, then that's sort of modified. But I don't think there was. A, I mean, I thought about being a, a cook. I think I could probably run like a like a like a fine kitchen if I'd have trained for seven or eight mm -hmm. years. You know, I probably could. I could I could do that. Um, or I could be, you know, professional fisherman or something like that. But other than, <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, other than that, I, I think it's music. Tell me what your new music is going to be like. When we um, it's it's gr really diverse. The album um, has some great performers on it, some great musicians. It's got Tony Rice on it. Uh, Yay. Um, it's got uh, Sam Bush and um, Jerry Douglas, um, among other great players that are dear friends of mine, Tony Harrell and um, um, 
Jamie Hartford. Anyways, just a wonderful musicianship, and it's a um, it's more focused on spirituality, I would say, or interior journey. And it's an homage. A lot of it is an homage to a cowboy Jack Clement and to my oh. father's legacy and whatnot. But it's uh, we must believe in magic. So I, oh, I love yeah. That song. I recorded the old uh, Alan Reynolds song. Can you play it for us? Uh, yeah, if I can remember the key. Matt is, Matt is the captain of Alpha Centauri. We must be out of our minds Still we are shipmates bound for tomorrow Nothing can leave us behind Oh, we must believe in magic We must believe in the guiding hand And if we believe in magic have the universe at our command. Yeah, I love that. So I'm Robert K. Orman, and you're listening to Children of Song with our guests John Carter Cash and Waylon Payne. Waylon, how old were you when you decided I'm going to make music? <clears throat> well, mom used to describe it from the age I was four or five years old. I was always looking for various uh, instruments to use as a microphone and, and uh, and she caught me in her closet trying on her spandex one time. So I guess it was probably pretty much from an early age. <laughs> I had always loved music, you know. And uh, growing up, uh, you know, it was kind of discouraged because it was just not the thing. And uh, So I found religion. I found church. And uh, suddenly there was an outlet to be able to sing, you know, because I, I, I was singing about God. And in that house it was okay. Um, you know, I heard... <clears throat> terrible things about my mother and her choices from from that you know from various folks in the family you know and that just didn't approve because it was very very Baptist mm-hmm. uh, not that there's anything wrong with that uh, I just have broadened my viewpoints of some things but when I, I went out on my own around 18 or 19 and found myself just alone uh, and that for a sheltered kid uh, is pretty devastating. You know, not realizing that it takes money to pay rent and not realizing how much money you, you needed to do those things. And you know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. very, very, very sheltered. So I, you know what? My mama taught me how to survive. And so I looked inward and uh, I did some things that I detest. I did some things that I relish in, but I made it. And She uh, was a survivor. Yes, sir. She was. We all are. We all were. Our family's got deep rooted uh, evils in it, but we're overcoming that, you know. Your mother's really well known for helping make it through the night, but a lot of people don't know that she had the biggest hit on one of the all-time country classics, Merle Haggard's Today I Started Loving You Again. Number nine. Yeah, go for it. Today I started loving you again. And I'm right back where I've really always been. I got over you just long enough to let my heart expand. And then today I started loving. Yeah. <laughs> One of the all-time classics, just a yeah, yeah. killer song. 
did did Johnny actually sit down and teach you like guitar and songwriting and all the mechanics of what it took to be well when i was when I was ten years old he 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 took a sheet of paper and he he wrote out the lyrics to I walked the line and um which is sitting on the yeah, wall. Yeah, right it's actually sitting on the wall in the room behind <laughs> us. But for uh, but anyway, um, he wrote out the lyrics to "I Walk the Line" and he drew the the neck of the guitar, and um, and showed where to put the fingers on the keys. And he, and he gave me a guitar, and I was ten years old. And other than that, he really didn't instruct me much on how to play guitar. He just taught me like those three chords. And um, I took two guitar lessons later on. And other than that, I just you know just went at it. And I wished I'd. I'd studied more guitar, but uh, but Dad, you know that they always supported me being in music if that's what I wanted to do. But they never pushed me uh, to be in it or stay out of it one way or another. They were just supportive. He he had a unique way of writing music. From what I read, is that he would go over the song over and over and over in his head, he repeating it until yeah. he actually recorded it. Is that well? <laughs> what I experienced with my father the most was was he would write a song and it would be just something that he was extremely excited about. And then he would decide he wanted to write more verses. And so he would write more verses. Uh, for instance, The Man Comes Around, uh, which was on American Four uh, later in his life. That was one of those songs that he wrote many different versions of it. But in the end, when we recorded it, he went back to the original version. <laughs> and so I think that's that he's... But he always, uh, looking at his papers and whatnot, he would typically w write one or two drafts, you know. But more than often, it was that first draft that he went back to. There's a man going round taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame Everybody won't be treated all the same There'll be a golden ladder reaching down When the man comes around That's a powerful song. Though. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it really is. And it's so powerful. Yeah. Well, you perform with your mom too, as yeah. John Carter did with Johnny Cash and Jim. Quite a bit, yeah. Did she, am I right? She introduced you on the Grand Ole Opry. Actually, no. Oh. Um, I introduced her on the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, yeah. It was kind of one of the, it was absolutely uh, one of the sweetest moments of my life. Mama was uh, making her transition, and uh, we were filming Walk the Line in Memphis, and. Uh, my agent, uh, Frank Wing, I called him. I was like, I need to do the Opry while I'm here. Please get me on the Opry, because my record came out on June the 22nd of that year, Chris's birthday, which is kind of good. Uh, and so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do the Opry, and I uh, wanted to, I wanted my mama. I just loved her. I adored her, and I just, I just, that was just my dream. So they agreed, and uh, it was my uh Opry debut, and uh, and I got to bring my mama out uh, to roars of 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 thunderous applause, and we uh, we danced in the circle during the musical break, and and um, it was just absolutely my fondest memory of of my mom and I. For those of you who don't know, there's a circle of wood on the Grand Ole Opry stage. 
that was taken from the old Ryman Auditorium, so that when you're standing or dancing yep. in that circle, you're <laughs> you're standing on the spot where Patsy Cline sang and yep. Hank Williams and all the greats, and it's a magic place. That's all. It is. It's quite quite lovely. Tell me about your song, Mama Drive On. Man, uh, this was written for your mom. It was uh, while we were while Keith Gaddison produced my first album, The Drifter, back in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and. Uh, during that time, I had moved to California, and uh, I'd been working for Shelby Lynn, and we were out in California, and I got fired out there. Didn't have money to get home, so I just stayed. Later, uh, uh, Keith and I hooked up, and, and he was like, you know, man, you need to make a record, man. So <laughs> he, uh, he decided he was going to undertake it and produced it, and Mama, at the same time, um, went through a divorce. And, uh, I think she probably knew she was sick, but I, I was the baby, so she didn't let me in for a long time on that little secret uh, until it was just right in your face. But uh, she was out on her own, and so I wrote, She hit the dirt road. And she pointed it west. She flew straight through Oklahoma. Mama, drive on. Baby, find your soul once again. Mama, drive on. And give those old wings a try. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. My fondest memories are my, my memories of Mama. Uh, we're never with the, you know, she got married when I was about 13 to her last husband, John. Good man, cowboy, took care of her for years. But up until that point, she was always alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if she was behind a wheel, uh, she was golden. Behind a wheel or a mic, she was in it. And, uh, and that's kind of why she fit that outlaw scene so well, because she was one of the few women who were that independent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good stuff. I'm mm-hmm. really proud of my folks. You know, John, everybody that we talk to is living in the shadow mm-hmm. of, of a famous person, and mm-hmm. you more than anybody. I mm-hmm. mean, nobody, nobody mm-hmm. is more more towering than your father and his legacy was mm. that a difficult thing for you at, at points of time you know i mean he was he was a good-hearted person and i keep saying i keep going back to that and i always do because you know if if he had been full of himself maybe it'd be a little bit tougher but you know i, I have to i have to make my own path i have to figure out what it is that i love and you know i i, I you know and i, I do that i i, I just you know, I've recorded over 108 songs with, or actually 108 in all, just counting them up with Loretta Lynn uh, since 2007. We put two out, two albums out. I've got stuff, them. <laughs> yeah, that I produced with her daughter Patsy, and then um, I've got six published books. You know, um, and I'm always working in in production, and I work a whole lot on the Cash Legacy. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things that I do that are involved with with uh, my father's legacy and, and the Carter family legacy. Um, 
just did a, a released a poetry book called Forever Words that that uh, were you know unseen poems of my father's. I have that too. Uh, that yeah, that mm-hmm. that just came out, and um, you know, I mean, I appreciate everything that's and I, I and I bring it close to my heart. You know, uh, my father's legacy and my mother's legacy and their music. I keep it close to my heart, uh, but I definitely do my own thing, and I have to. Because, you know, if, if it was all my life, it would probably drive me insane. It has driven me insane in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I mean, I've, I've got a family. I've got my kids. I've got a, a, I've got a beautiful new wife. And um, I'm, a, I'm a happy boy. So I uh, just hang in there. So one you, thing em- at a time. you embrace it and, and maintain your I embrace it and, 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 you know, it is a big part of my life, my day, daily life. But, uh, but it does not make up the entirety of my, my heart and my soul. So. It is cool, I think, to even be in the presence of this place. We talk about being mm. on hollow ground. And there's a, there's a photograph of your father, which is supposed mm. to be the last portrait ever taken as you walk yeah. into the entrance of this mm. place. Marty Stewart took it, yeah. And, and of your father that was taken here in this cabin. Yeah. And he recorded his last album in this cabin. Uh-huh. Does that also keep you close to him and this idea of also finding yourself but also feeling the presence of inspiration around you yeah and and i mean my dad he was just he was very kind to me and he was always loving to me and he and he was always supportive and i feel that when i'm in this room when i'm in the cabin when i'm making music when i'm producing artists here making my own music i feel that that continuance of the legacy of music uh, that began with my father, and because I used to sit in this uh, little log cabin and and watch movies with my dad, you know, when I was ten years old, and he would just tool around. And he'd fry bologna sandwiches, and you know, take me out in the yard and shoot a squirrel, whatever. I mean, that was the life that I lived here, and so uh, I still sort of live that life here. <laughs> Sans the bologna sandwich, but still, it's uh... hey, there's nothing wrong with the bologna sandwich. <laughs> Waylon, your yeah. Sammy Smith's legacy is much on your mind. I take it. You know, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> when uh, when she died, uh, her her uh, her stepsister, you know, read a read a letter, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. that was that was supposed to be mother's thoughts of, of her children. And I was like I said, I was in a real bad way. And so the one thing that she wanted uh, was for me to get straight and and get back to work. And uh, it took me a long time to do that, uh, but I did. And so uh, I don't take for granted the fact that I have breath in my lungs. I am alive strictly by the grace of a higher power, and I'm not going to preach on that. That's not my job. But my job as a, as a singer and a songwriter and a poet and an artist is to always inspire. I want to share what I've learned through this life. Uh, I want to. I want to be kind. I want people to feel good, uh, and um, I get that all from my folks. My my mother and my father were exemplary at what they do. And uh, when you are a man. You lay down childish things and you pick up that sword or that torch and you carry it. So my way of carrying it is just these days being the best me that I can be. And everything that I do, uh, I try to come at it from an honest heart 
and uh, with a humble attitude, and uh, I try to I try to be a giver. That's what I try to do. Before we started taping, you said you were you had a campaign that you wanted for on behalf of your mother. Oh yeah, I think that she should be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I'm with you on that one. I brother. mean, you know, I mean, and it's 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 just because of. Let's go down there. We should, you know. I mean, they 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 should first of all change those rules and and pile a whole bunch of other people in there, you know, not just her, but everybody that made a contribution to country music is important. I have a bias because uh, my mother went through hell for that song. I don't think you realize how many times I heard people call my mother a whore for singing about her needs. Or singing about it was very you know, eyebrow-raising yeah. at the time. That was those were scandalous <laughs> lyrics for the time. Totally, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that she deserves a, a, a nod and a remembrance. Because, uh, hey, look, I love country music with all of my soul and my heart. But you are going to push real hard to find me find a a better singer than my mom. <laughs> <laughs> what about June? Let's get her in the Hall of Fame while we're at it. I know, I'm with you, man. June Carter and the Carter sisters. So I'm, I'm thinking... Are the Car- is, wait a minute, stop. Is the Carter no, family no, not no, in the... No, no. The, well, the original, no, the original Carter, Carter family The original Carter family, yes. Carter family is in. But okay. Maybell and the Carter sisters aren't in, and, and to me, they should be June Carter and the Carter sisters. And I so, so I think, yeah. I think let's get, go get Loretta, and we'll go, we'll go, they we'll go get... get no, Loretta's in there, but what we need to do is get our friends and go down there with us, the ones that are already in. storm the gates. Storm the gates. Yeah. Open that up and uh, yeah. let a whole bunch of people in. Yeah. You guys yeah. got to write us out. We've had such a good afternoon out here. You guys got to oh, write yeah. us out with a Johnny Cash song. What are we going to do? <clears throat> <laughs> We're gonna try. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when I was a lad. Times were hard and things were bad. But there's a silver lining behind every cloud. Just poor people, that's all we were. Trying to make a living out of Blacklander We'd get together in a family circle Singing aloud Daddy sang bass Mama sang tenor Me and little brother would join right in there Singing seems to help a troubled soul One of these days it won't be long I'll rejoin them in the song I'm gonna join the family circle at the throne Oh the circle won't be broken by and by, Lord, by and by. Daddy sang bass. Oh, Mama sang tenor. Me and little brother would join right in there. In the sky, Lord, in the sky. Beginning, here we go. In the sky, Lord, in the Awesome. All right. You have it, folks. You got a little Carter family in there and a lot of Johnny yeah, Cash. Well, yeah. Thank you, John Carter. Thank you, Waylon. Thank, Thank you for Tom. a great afternoon. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Always love seeing yeah, you man. people. You guys, so you are the best. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side, Stories from the Road. Here's John Carter Cash talking about a pretty scary moment when his father, Johnny Cash, took the whole family on a European tour that led them through 1970s Russian-controlled Czechoslovakia. As you'll see, things get interesting when they get stopped at the border. He um, went to uh, Czechoslovakia in 1977, I think, I believe it was the year. Brought his whole family and Maybell and me, when I was a little seven-year-old boy, and, and took us into the Eastern Bloc in a bus and 
we got up and did a, did a big show. And I remember on the way back out, we were finally leaving and, and the, the KGB had been guiding us the whole time and we're very nice, very kind, but we came to the border and we were, we were coming up to, uh, to, to leave the border and the border guards brought us all into a room together and, uh, the doors were locked and it was this really empty room and about 10 minutes we were all in there just quiet, uncomfortable. And then the border guards all came in one, one at a time, like in a, in a row, and they said, where are your instruments? And, and, they, and they said, well, they're in the bus. And they said, well, go get your instruments. And so they waited, and then everybody brought the instruments in, and we put on a show for the guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they hardly cracked a smile yeah, until, we, until the songs alive. were finished, and then they were all smiling. But anyway, oh, so, wild. yeah, no, Dad was always willing to, to reach out however he needed to. Since we visited the famous Cash Cabin, John Carter and his wife Anna Christina have had a new addition. The couple welcomed Grace June in early September, a perfect name for a little girl entering the Carter Cash family as a legacy continues. As for Waylon Payne, he's currently finishing his new album with the record producer Frank Liddell. Liddell is married, of course, to country music star Leanne Womack, whose current singles, All the Trouble in Hollywood, were written in collaboration with the talented Mr. Payne. Yes, it's a very small business. Next week, we've got two up-and-coming artists. Carly Pierce, who's about to release her debut album, Every Little Thing, joins us with a talented and charismatic Clayton Anderson. There was no plan B for these aspiring stars. As you'll see, it was music or bust. And if you like what you hear, become a subscriber. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and spread the word. Children of Song, the podcast that mixes live music with great storytelling. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.